up, mom and dad? Welcome back to another episode of the Raising Competitors podcast. My name is Jake Thompson. I am a speaker and the founder at Compete Every Day. I'm excited you're here. I know we had a couple weeks off, but we are back. We've got some great interviews, some content designed to help you raise the best competitor that you have in your house so that they can succeed in school, in sports, and in life. If you're not connected with the community already, I'm going to encourage you to jump into facebook.com slash groups slash raising competitors. Join the group, post a, a pic, say hi, help us get to know you and your family, what sports you're involved with, uh, what lessons you want to learn and, and teach your children better. Uh, but get dialed in. We'd love to have you. It's free to join right now, right now throughout the month of August. It's free to get in. So dive in there. Facebook.com slash group slash Raising Competitors. And we are back the rest of this month with new episodes every single week. In addition to our standard Compete Everyday podcast that drops new episodes on Wednesday. And then starting in September, parents, I got a little something-something for you and for other competitors as we release the How Competitors Lead Better podcast. It is a short, and I say short, I mean it. It is a two-minute episode released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday starting at first week of September, designed to help you be a better leader. How can you show up better in your career, in your work, and importantly, at home? Each episode gives one quick takeaway and action item you can immediately start implementing to develop your leadership skills to be the better leader at home and at work, and honestly, to step into your full potential as a competitor in life. So be on the lookout for that, How Competitors Lead Better podcast starting in September. Now, let's get into today's show. I'm excited to introduce you to Elizabeth McVicker. Elizabeth runs a program called Branched Athletics, and I found actually her work through Instagram. Some of the blog posts and content Elizabeth is sharing is Dear Athlete. It's similar to some of the Dear Competitor letters I've written. Uh, And I was really impressed by that focus and how she talked about athletes coming from broken homes and athletes that are having to walk on or athletes dealing with injury. And so there's a lot of valuable content on her website. And I honestly just wanted to talk to her about her brand, her story, the work that she's doing. What I think will be interesting about today's episode for you, especially those of you parents who have an athlete in college or getting ready to go into college, and and maybe the scholarship offers haven't been coming. Maybe that where they thought they wanted to go and play isn't working out to what they thought. And so Elizabeth and I talk a little bit about her very unique journey uh, in college athletics, why there was a five to six year gap in her playing career uh, from when she started her college career to when it ended. And what are some lessons she learned along the way, as well as the importance of playing with a purpose, why all athletes need to play with a purpose, have a purpose in mind every time they step onto their training field, the weight room, and especially on game day. So I'm excited to introduce you to Branched Athletics founder, Elizabeth McVicker. Elizabeth, welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to get connected. Uh, you know, we, I had a chance to come across your work on Instagram, and then after reading some of your blog, I uh, felt you would be a great addition to having on the Raising Competitors podcast and introducing your work. But before we get into your background, I've got to ask, when you were like five years old, what did you want to be when you grow up? Some type of athlete. I've always loved sports, and I tried every... <laughs> I think every sport possible, gymnastics, dance, basketball, I pretty much found my niche volleyball. So what was your least favorite sport you played? 
pretty much everything. I wasn't very good at all, anything but volleyball. So that's where I'm like, I found my sweet spot, probably basketball. I love watching basketball. And so when I played, I loved sitting on the bench so I could watch. And I was always scared to like go in because I was never that, you know, aggressive, I guess. <laughs> so tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, volleyball and kind of that's obviously become a big passion of yours. Take us back um, a little bit and just kind of tell us about yourself, how you grew up, where you grew up uh, so that we can get to know you. So I grew up in Sand Springs. I went to Keystone Elementary. It's a little small elementary in the sticks and then transferred around. My parents got divorced and so I went to Sepulpa and then I was fortunate enough to transfer to Owasso, live with my grandparents and we actually won a state championship there and I played competitive volleyball my 16, 17, 18s year. I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship playing youth sports and um, then I got a scholarship to go to ORU and play in Tulsa. I played there in 09, 10, and 11. And then, um, you know, ended up seven years later, ended up going to Swasu and playing my senior year, just this past year, actually. So tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, that's a jump. There's got to be a story to that a little bit, right? You brought it up. Yeah. I have to ask. Well, okay. So... I would say I always struggled with school. I always had sports was like my outlet and where I um, had my confidence was stemmed from. And so again, that's where my passion lies within sports because it gave so much to me. And then um, just very unprepared for college, emotionally, academically, really just my head with priorities was just to play volleyball. Um, and again, that's why I'm so passionate about you know, preparing athletes for the next level because it's emotional and, um, you know, as an athlete, there's a lot that goes into being successful. It's not just winning, but, and then, so my sister actually was in a car accident and it was this big turning point for my family and me personally. And I was just kind of looking for an out. I was, I was burnt out, you know, school and everything. And so I kind of used that as an out. And then after my junior semester, I left, I moved back home, and then I started working. I moved to the city, and I came back to Tulsa, got a job at a law firm and a preschool. I did a whole bunch of different things, and then I learned, you know, I think I really want to try to make this happen my senior year, so I went to UFIS, redshirted there. This is a whole long story. No, come on. I went to, so I went to UFIS, I redshirted. I still didn't have my head straight. You know, I was like, got my second chance, kind of, was just super excited about playing again and being a part of a team. And, you know, I was older than the, the girls by just a couple years, but nothing like later on. And I hadn't coached that. I did some training, but, um, and I coached for club one in the meantime, again, left there was like, I'm going to go to cosmetology school. I'm going to go to California. Always the dream, go to California. That failed attempt, you know, a few months later I moved back. And then again, started working a nine to five at the law firm, you know, doing go for work. They were like, we could train you to be a legal assistant and go back to school. And I was like, no, I want to coach volleyball. So I quit that job the summer before I ended up going to Swasu to coach. I was like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to train, you know, 24 seven, but obviously the kids aren't out of school 24 seven all year round. The summer was way more productive. So I 
called around. I was like, someone told me, because I, I was told that I had a clock, like a NCAA. So D1, there's a, it's a different clock than D2. And also NCAA is different than NAI. So I learned all this very quickly that, because um, I had given up after UFIS that, okay, I wasn't going to be able to, not that I didn't think about it, but that was going to be, um, you know, a dream that I wasn't going to be able to fill. So I was told that you should go play NAI because there's no rules. Like there's old people go play all the time. And I, I, um, so I looked into it and I was like, okay, if I'm going to compete, I'm going to go somewhere and win a ring. I want to win a conference championship. So I emailed, I looked at the tournament from the year before I emailed the top 10 teams. OCU was one of them. And I reached out, I was ended up was going to go to OCU or I was going to go to Oregon, Eastern Oregon. And then Come to find out, I was like, I was going to stay in OCU. And he said, you know, you're going to need to get some credits and do some hours before you transfer into this private school. So I was like, all right. He hooked me up with his best friend was a coach, is the coach at Swasi right now, Josh Collins. He um, was like, you can go and you can be a student assistant. And I learned immense amount of just mentorship and just, he just gave so much to me. And then I I just fell in love with the program and I was only supposed to be there for six months for the first semester. But then by the end of the semester, and I was trying to figure out where I was going to live in the city. And Jason calls me, who's the coach at OCU at the time and says, Liz, like, basically told me he was quitting. Like he, it wasn't for him. And that was his first year. And I was honestly smiling on the other end of the line. because I was like, Oh man, I wonder if I can stay. Cause I had just found out like, couple weeks prior that there was a two-year non-participant rule so I, I fell into that I didn't go to school or compete within those two years that I set out so there was one year left a magic another magic year that I had so one thing led to another and I stayed at Swasu then it honestly it on paper it looks they already had four middles the position I was playing so I was the fifth middle I was he didn't have any scholarship money left for me he scrapped up what what he could but I had a full scholarship waiting for me at OCU but I turned it down just because of how much purpose and I don't know love I had for the program and there was just so much pride there and I was just really excited and it ended up being one of the best experiences of my life and so now, now you're coaching, training, working with volleyball players to prepare them for high school as well as going on to play college ball, right? Yes. Yes. My thing is now I'm telling them, I've just been really preaching, you know, personal training, any clubs I'm coaching, that if you want to play at the next level, you just have to be intentional and play with purpose. And, you know, I try to be the best mentor that I can to them and really listen and create those relationships that I think that will help them be successful. I love that. Well, and one of the things that really stood out to me is a lot of the content that you're sharing and pouring into athletes. And I say that because there's a lot of trainers, coaches, people out there that are focused on the physical. They're focused on improving your skill set, helping you play better, but you have taken a big focus on the mental side. And not even necessarily the mental side of being on the court at that time, but everything that goes into it. I mean, scrolling the Instagram page for a branch athletics, you see the dear athlete letters, which I absolutely love. And you have the dear injured athlete, college bound athlete, athlete from a broken home, which is a very different spin on talking to athletes in a way that 
for those of us that have been through that, whether you played high school, college, pro, like something about that strikes you because not a lot of people are talking about those things, connecting with those things. Looking at your Instagram profile, there's some really cool content. And that was one of the things that stood out to me were your dear athlete letters, a dear athlete uh, that's a walk on, dear injured athlete, dear athlete from a broken home. You don't see a lot of trainers and coaches today, at least a lot of the ones that are posting online and promoting, oh, we do these skills camps and we do this work to help you prepare for college aren't talking about these kind of things and creating content and sharing content necessarily around these kind of things, which is similar with us at Compete Every Day. Yes, there's, we could post about workouts and training and things you do all day long, just like everyone else is. We care more about the mindset because I know from experience that what you do with the mindset, the body will follow. Like if you train the mind, the body will follow. You've seemed to have taken a very similar approach to that, which I'm fascinated. So I'm curious what inspired you to go that route? What inspired you with these Dear Athlete letters? I think it all goes back to playing with purpose because whenever I was such a different athlete, whenever I was in high school, when I was 18, when I first got to college, and then when I was 27 playing in college. And so, and especially after coaching, you just get such, if you're an athlete and you've played and then coached, I think you can attest to like the different mind shift that you have. And, um, I, I really think that, so playing with purpose, this is what it goes back to. You imagine, you know, everyone tapes their wrists, like whenever something tragic happens, like a high schooler maybe got into a bad car accident or something that you can personally relate with. And there's like that shift that like when you look down and you, you see that you're playing for that person, you didn't train any harder maybe at practice over the last week than you did the week before. But you looked down and you decided that you had purpose within like what you're doing. You played for that person, like kind of outside of yourself. And it's just remembering that you're not playing for you. And I think with the Dear Athlete letters, it kind of goes with that because I, again, was 27 whenever I was playing this my senior year. And I felt kind of it was hard to relate with a lot of these other girls because I had seen, I had kind of been through what they're going through, you know, 18, 19 years old. But I... It was, it was just hard because I didn't have a lot of people that were going through the same similar path. Like it was kind of a very weird and a very grateful experience, but it was really hard and it was really lonely. So I spent a lot of time, um, honestly, on social media, my view changed because I used to be the girl comparing myself to, you know, these highlight reels and these other people that had it all together but then I realized that there was so much worth and like opportunity in it and there I could I found like role models I I started listening to podcasts and I started you know um being poor like I think digging into self-development and learning that my experience like the mess in my life has kind of been the best message. And I think that everyone's story, I think everyone has their own experience, their own story. And I think it's so important for them to share it. And again, with the Dear Athlete, I think that's why um, I just want, my goal is to have like all different types of topics being talked about. And just so like one person, I always tell them like, if you could just help one person feel less alone, that's my goal. One of the ones that you talk about that stood out to me that I'm, I'm always curious in asking people uh, 
because I know from personal experience how tough it was, was the dear athlete who stopped competing and lost their identity. Because for a lot of us, like sports become so ingrained in who we think we are. Um, and one of the things I talk about today is your position doesn't define you as a person. We let it a lot of times. We define ourselves by what we play. And for someone that's had the unique experience of you of, of playing a couple of years and then having a gap in that college experience to start to discover more of who you are or what you wanted and then coming back to sports, can you talk to me about how those transitions were at least the first time you left sport dealing with that identity crisis and then when you came back as, a, as an older individual, how that was very much different as your career ended? Oh, yeah. I think that's been the biggest turning point for me is finding my purpose within my sport and not defining myself by it. I used to joke around in schools, like saying that when I was at ORU, that everyone would ask what my degree was in or what I was studying. I was like, volleyball, you know, a very insecure little girl saying that like it was a joke, making people laugh. But I literally had no idea. I didn't know what I was doing. I just was staying eligible. I took the classes that I need to take. I did what I showed up and but I mean, how sad is that, you know, just kind of a wasted opportunity, I felt like. So again, going back, just more grateful for the opportunity. And um, definitely, that's another thing, just knowing and reminding these girls that they're more than just an athlete, boys and girls, you know, not trying, not letting them identify with their sport. But if they find purpose within it, I mean, that's great. That's what that's what I did. But there's so much purpose in um, team sports, especially, I feel like it teaches you, I mean, if you can't be a good teammate, how are you going to be, um, you know, a good wife or a good husband, like be in a relationship or how are you going to be able, if you can't be respectful to your coach, how are you going to be, have, have a job and have a boss or, you know, just the respect and knowing that there's more to an athlete than just like their sport. How are you uh, along those same lines, because purpose has been such a big piece of your, your life and, and role with sports and focus, how are you teaching or coaching these young athletes to find that purpose? Because it's such a big word for a lot of kids, especially in high school or even younger, finding your purpose. It sounds like such a grown up thing. And, and for the right. parents listening, they may be like, I have no idea where to even start a conversation with my kids around that. What are, what are some things you're doing to help at least draw out conversations around that or, or questions that you're asking to help these athletes start to discover what that could be? I, I love working with kids and it's really funny how much you can learn from kids if you listen. And if you to have a conversation, you, I think I ask them a lot of questions. Like I, I have two twin um, teenage nieces, um, or they're my cousins, but I've been with them since the day they were born and just watching them grow up, I think has helped me, um, you know, build that relationship with them and like relate with other teenagers. Um, I, it's just amazing how much they, I think they figure out for themselves if you just let them talk. And, you know, they, they, you can just listening to them talk about their sport. I can tell the athletes that are, you know, doing it because they're, they think that they're supposed to, and they have to, maybe their parents want them to, and they're trying to please people. Um, and, and a lot of this, like, it, you know, I was, I'm a big people pleaser and these are things, there's lessons that you have to learn for yourself. And, but 
I really think that that's one thing with kids that I see with other coaches and other like and parents because I don't have any kids of my own but like I said I just try to observe and learn as much as I can and I think um, I'm pretty good with kids and I think it's because I build a trust within them but if they can talk to you and then they start feeling comfortable and they're more honest and they're not telling you those things that they think you want to hear. What are some things that you're seeing right now in terms of the biggest challenges for some of these young athletes that maybe weren't things that you dealt with when you were younger at that age? Um, with volleyball specifically, um, it's gotten a lot bigger since I was like the clubs, the teams, which is awesome. It's really grown in Oklahoma, but um, that, you know, there's more pressure and more competition, which, you know, some can thrive off of and others, it can be a lot of pressure to, you know, and um, create anxiety and all and feel inadequate and, you know, not enough. And, you know, I think insecurity in kids and just people in general is a root of a lot of problems, whether it's within communication or just success or whatever they're, they, how they define success. And so, I think just making sure that they know that they're enough and that they're have to compete with themselves and not another person. Um, I, I tell all my girls that if you want to play in college, if you want to play at the next level, if you put in the work and like, especially college specifically, because I was at, you know, a D one and then a D two and even like practice with an NAI team and, Oh, so many different conferences out there. I had no idea how many schools were available, you know, and it may not be in the state or city you want, but if you want to play in college, if you want, I, if you put in the work and your athlete, your body physically allows you to do that and you can and put in the work physically, fundamentally and emotionally. I mean, there's a lot that goes into success, I think, but you can play at the next level if you, if you put in the work. And I think just knowing that there's opportunity out there, I think gives them hope and gives them a desire to work hard. And again, I just try, I want to be a coach that, or, you know, a mentor that they come in and they want to work hard for. Well, I love that. And, and that I know from a parent standpoint is something those parents want. They want, they want their kids to work hard and, and push themselves because those are the things that will set them up obviously for success throughout life. Elizabeth, where can people find out more about Branched Athletics, get connected to you, maybe even read some of this content that we've been mentioning a handful of times here on the show? <laughs> right now, the website's branchedathletics.com and it has the Dear Athlete blogs on it. And um, on Instagram and Facebook, it's Branched Athletics. Awesome. Elizabeth, thank you so incredibly much for coming on the show this week. Uh, for our parents listening, especially those parents of volleyball players, uh, you need to go on and check it out. But for all parents of any sports, there's some great content on our blog. There's some great information that I think would be valuable for you in initiating questions and conversations with your kids, whether that's around injuries, identities in sports, having to walk on, getting a college scholarship and all of that. So Elizabeth, thank you for coming on to share this week. Thank you very much.